say that we honor isn't true if we aren't asking questions. The foundation upon which honor is present and built is questions. The, you cannot honor anyone if you do not first ask questions. Because where there is an absence of questions, there is an absence of interest. And you cannot honor what disinterests you. Does that make sense? We're, we ask a lot of questions here. We're going to be asking one this morning. That's why. We're going to be answering one. But I love when you get to go and you get to ask questions of where, and you find out where people are, and it helps you to understand where to meet them. So today, I get to engage with you and minister a word to you that I am very excited about. Are you ready? Let's go. Everybody say, that's why. Say it again, say, that's why. Like you answered the question. You haven't. You don't even know what the question is. But look at somebody and say, that's why. Why, everybody say, why, is the question. And in this series, we're going to answer some why questions. But before we do, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 27. And I'm going to actually be reading this particular verse in the New International Version. The rest the other scriptures that I share today that I'm aware of will be coming out of the English Standard, but this one will be in the NIV. Let me tell you something that I learned about scripture many, many years ago. And I used to be very, very uh, much uh, one of those young preachers that felt like I was justified by the number of verses I had memorized. And I felt like the more scripture I memorized, the better preacher that I would be. Because everybody, at least in 30 years ago, people were known by how much scripture they could quote. So for whatever reason, that became important to me. But I'm thankful for the day, and I memorized a lot of scripture, a lot back then. But I'm thankful for the day that Holy Spirit came to me and he asked this question. Do you want to keep memorizing scripture? And be able to say what I've said, or would you rather know me and say what I'm saying? You can't memorize what he's saying right now. You have to sit and say, what was that? Say that again. See, what I've found is that memorization keeps you in on a treadmill. When we begin to memorize it, it keeps us spinning on the same track. If you're a scripture memorizer, um, don't, I'm not judging you for that. I'm encouraging you, though, to get past that. And I asked Holy Spirit, help me unmemorize everything that I've memorized. Because when you memorize it, you will never read it again like it's the first time you've read it. When it's memorized, it's always going to be flowing through that same exact filter that you memorized it from. If you're studying for a course, by all means, memorize the chapter and verse for the course. But when you're living life and we're living in the kingdom and we want to live, everybody say, I want to live. I want to live. 
This is the why question we're answering today. Why? Why do I want to live? We're going to get there. I want to live. But if we're going to memorize, we're going to keep ourselves flowing in the same circle. And as I mentioned to the team before we came out here this morning, it's this whirlpool. And every there's not, a, there's not a, such a world a thing as a whirlpool that propels you upward. Every whirlpool draws you down. So if you get into the waters of a whirlpool, it is sucking you down into the nothingness. It is taking you into the nothingness. What I want to do is I want to stay in the river that is flowing from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Every bend presents a new opportunity. Gives me the ability to find out a little bit more about my incredible and amazing God. Gives me the opportunity to dig dig a little bit deeper. This is what the kingdom is to me. The kingdom could be something that I have memorized and it has become this place with no movement, but everything revolves around what I've memorized and built around me. Those verses are wrapped around me like a wall. And every time something comes up, I pick out the one that I have to spew out. And I pick out the one I have to spew out, and that's my spear. That's my sword. And I'm using the same sword that they used 500 years ago. And the Father might be saying, I want you to use a different sword. I want you to get outside of John 25 or 21. I want you to get outside of that and believe for what hasn't been written. I want you to hear what I am saying right now. I want to live. I want to live. And I live because I begin to engage what it is he's doing, what it is he's saying, how he is changing me. Y'all can remove that slide because I didn't put the right slide up there. But, but I want to engage that place that the Father has for you and for me. How about you? Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a question. You ready for this? Yeah. Don't answer. Don't answer out loud. Well, let, me, let me answer this one out loud. How many believe you are living? It's not a trick question. (laughs) Honey, am I alive? (laughs) And how many believe you are living, but you feel, don't answer, but you feel like you're dying? I'm living, but I feel like I'm dying. Proverbs 27, 19 in the NIV reads like this. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Or in other versions, so a man's heart reflects himself. But in the NIV, as water reflects the face, so one's life or living reflects the heart. Let me give you a tangible example. It takes all of 30 seconds to sit down with somebody, look at them, Just take just a moment and look at them and really find out, do they really enjoy living? 
We don't need a super spiritual discerner to find out if people like living. You get around just about anybody, anybody, not just about, you get around anybody, you can only fake it for so long. You spend any amount of time with somebody, you find out whether they are fully alive or they are only breathing. It's not the same thing. I'm alive because I'm breathing. No, 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 no. You're breathing, but you're not alive. Life isn't breathing. Life is living. Life is finding that in my moment, in this present moment, I like being here. I like my moment. <laughs> Living is being able to walk into circumstances and situations and realizing it's not another nail in the coffin. It's another opportunity to show why living is so much better than dying. He said, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. So you get around people, and you don't have to be around them for very long, and you realize, man, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of dying going on right here. Or you don't even have to be around them. You can just talk to them on the telephone, and you can realize in the conversation there's a lot of dying going on right here. And somebody might say, well, you know, that's just life, man. I'm just being real. I'm just being honest. No, you're, being, you're dying. You haven't found the avenue of life that leads you through that but there is one living in fact everybody say this with me living is so much better than dying and Yahweh knew it listen to this and that's why scripture says Yahweh breathed And Yahweh created man, God created man from the dust of the earth, and I'm putting a bunch of statements together right here. Created man from the dust of the earth, and he breathed into their... What did he breathe? Why? Yahweh breathed life into their nostrils. What didn't he breathe? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. One cannot, you, you're going to have to grasp what I'm about to tell you, but one cannot die if there was not life first. So before he breathed life into that image of himself, before he breathed life into that atom, Adam, not atom. Before he breathed life into that man, the man was neither alive nor dead. It was dirt. It was his creation. There was a form of. There was a presence of. But it wasn't dead. Picture for just a moment. Adam lying on on this ground and there is this human, human form 
lying on the ground. And while that human form is lying on the ground, there is no movement, there is no heartbeat, there is no uh, twitching of the eyes, there is nothing going on, but it is neither alive nor dead. Adam is the only one to ever exist between life and death. of humankind he is the only one to ever exist between life and death and the father formed him and then the father breathed life not because he was dead just because he was not he was not dead he just was not life did not yet exist and man. So the Father breathed life to draw a line between what can be and what shouldn't be. Never intended for there to be death. He didn't create Adam to demonstrate to death that I have more power over you. You've got to get what I'm telling you right now. Maybe I should have done this over a couple of weeks, but he did not create him to say, I'm going to create this being, let him lay there on the ground, then I'm going to breathe life to demonstrate to death that I have power over death. Death was not. Death had no sting. Death had no grave. Nothing had ever died. Because nothing had ever lived. You got to get me this morning. So when the Father created Adam, He created Adam not to experience life and death. He created Adam to experience That's why you were created. He did not create Adam and lay him down and say, I want to demonstrate power over death, so I'm going to into your nostrils and you're going to rise up and you're going to turn around and look at death and say, oh, got you. He said, no, 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 that's not it. I created you to live, to glorify me, to honor me, to ask questions. I created you to rule and to reign, to have authority, to make a difference to lift your voice and be thankful every day as you walk in the cool of the day. I created you to live. And that's why he breathed life into you and me so that we could live. Not to know death in living. There are those living in death and there are those living in life. Where we choose to live is up to you and me. I'm talking to some folks here right now because you are breathing air, but you feel like you are not living. I'm talking to you today. This is for you. There's none of us that have been in a place at some point in our life where we didn't feel so overwhelmed by whatever was going on around us. We felt like somehow there's an enemy that is approaching us and attacking us from every side and from every angle, and somehow that enemy is winning. And we feel like we are breathing, but we're not living. 
Suicide isn't what people do every day because they take too many pills or use a pistol or whatever they do. That's not suicide. The worst form of suicide is what people do every day so they don't have to face reality, so they don't have to live, and they don't get out of bed. They sleep until 1 o'clock in the afternoon because I'd rather sleep than get up and have responsibility. I'd rather sleep as long as I can so I don't have to get up and, and be in charge of something, so I don't have to get up and rule and reign over. That was never God's plan for you. His plan for you, his plan for me is that we want to live. So I'm not looking to sleep until 1 or 2 o'clock in the day and try to wipe out as much of the day as I possibly can so I have less to be responsible over. His plan for you was so that you could live and live abundantly and you get up in the morning and you say, I'll bring it on. I want to use up every minute, every opportunity that I have to live because he breathed that in me. And I want to find out why, why, why did he breathe in me? Because he believed in me. Living is a verb. <laughs> it is what we do. I get up in the morning. I got up this morning at 433. 4.33 this morning I was awake. Got out of my bed, went in there and fried up a couple eggs, let the dogs go out. Could not wait to get in here today. And you know what? Every day I get up and I'm already in my mind, I'm thinking. Now, it's not always been that way. I don't want to deceive you. But today, I know how to live and I know how to live well. What opportunities do I have? In fact, there's so much living I want to do, I'm not sure I have enough life to live it all in. My wife is certain that I do. And I'm striking hands with that. <laughs> but it hadn't always been that way. You hearing what I'm saying today? There's been times that I wanted that slow suicide. It's probably a strong word but it is what it is. And I just lay in that bed just hoping, man, let more time pass. If I could just fall back asleep. And that's the, that's the thing. Well, you're laying in bed. Listen to me. I want to minister to some folks today. I want to get you free today by Holy Spirit. Only Holy Spirit can set you free today. But He's using these words today to help you. And you wake up in the morning and you've gotten plenty of sleep and you're just doing everything you can to fight yourself back into a sleep. You're not living. Oh, if I just shut my eyes and close the blinds and, and just hope there's no noise and, and if I just lay here long enough, I'll fall back asleep and then, man, I just pass some more time away. I'm, that's not living. That's not God's plan for you. Anybody hearing me today? Yes. So why did he breathe life into me? Let me tell you, living is the natural outcome not spiritual not spiritual see because if I say spiritual people are going to think well you just have to keep prophesying it prophesying it no living is the natural outcome of relationship with Christ if I have true communion with Christ true communion with the Father I have no choice but to live 
That is the natural response to a right relationship is that I am living. Somebody said, well, I think I have a right relationship, but I don't feel like I'm living. I want to tell you today, we need to get the relationship right. Because when you have a true revelation of who Christ is and what he died for and why he existed and why the Father breathed life into you, when you get that revelation, I want to tell you, you're going to learn how to live. doesn't matter what the circumstances are. And then what he'll do is he begins to empower you to deal with the death that is knocking at your door. Whatever that death might be, he'll begin to empower you and give you what you need to deal with the death that's knocking at the door without that death absorbing the life that you're living. As you watch and as you listen today and as you're thinking about all the things and some of you are thinking about all the challenges that you've got and all the reasons why you think you're dying and you're not living, you think about it and you think if you had what I had and you had to deal with this and you had to deal with this, then you wouldn't be living either. I'm going to tell you there's a way through that. and I can, There's nobody in this room. There's, you, you are not alone. You've never been alone. Whatever dying that you feel like you're doing today, I want to tell you there is a living that will take you right out of that dying. But it is through proper alignment. It is through proper alignment. So why, why, why do so many believers and Christians today feel more dead than alive? And the only thing I can say is it's the view, baby. It's the view. It's the view. Everybody say it's the view. It's the view. And it's what you do when you see, get the view. It's how you respond to what you see. And when you see the challenges and you see the things that exist right here in, the, in people in this room today, all of us have different challenges. When you see those challenges, you get all occupied and preoccupied with those challenges and you begin to focus on those moments and you begin to focus on those things. You lose sight of where the life is. You lose sight of where the answer is. I want to talk to you about some things that can get you back on the right perspective, can get the view corrected. It's going to seem a little bit um, I don't want to say harsh, but it's just plain, but it's right out of Scripture. And I want to tell you that most of us, when we're dealing with things that cause the death to become so much bigger than the life. He breathed life, remember? He breathed life. The things that cause death to be so much more visible than life, when we begin to think about these things, I'm going to tell you the Father has made a way out. Turn with me in first, to 1 Peter 3, chapter 3. Everybody say desire, desire. Seek, seek, and pursue. What? Desire, seek, and pursue what? What? gives life. 1 Peter 3, verses 10 and 11 read like this. For who, and this is in the English Standard Version, for whoever desires to love life and see good days. Let me stop there. Does anybody in here desire to love life and see good days? Is it, can I get an amen? You desire to love life and see good days. And then he says this, then let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. 
Let him turn away from evil and do good. And then he says, let him seek peace. And when he gets his eye on it, pursue it. Sometimes in the seeking of peace, you see it first in the way somebody else finds their peace. And then you get up beside them and you pursue it with them. Whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil. Let him do good and seek peace and pursue it. One of the things is we have to be careful of, and I hope you're getting what I'm saying today. There's a need to create space. Spaces. Everybody say spaces. spaces. When I came into the kingdom of God, it certainly was when I got saved in 1985. I didn't really know what was the right approach. I didn't know what, you know, how do I act? What do I do? Where do I go? What's the right things? And I had people telling me on every corner. They were telling me back then, uh, you don't go to movies and you don't drink this and you don't smoke that and you don't take this. And, and they were giving me all these rules and regulations and half of them I said, I'm definitely going to do that and I'm definitely going to keep doing that. I won't do that though because I didn't do it anyway. <laughs> So, you know, in my world, I was thinking, man, it's really hard to be a believer because all of these do's and don'ts and all of this stuff, and I couldn't sort that out because I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't know how. I, didn't have, I, I hadn't been in it to know how to do it or not do it. But this is what happened for me. No one taught me. No one told me to do this. I'll just tell you what my experience was. Because I wanted to live. In fact, I thought I was living before that. I didn't know I wasn't living before I got saved. I thought I was living. I just came to the revelation when I got saved that I was living this temporary life, but there was no hope for the future. So I was buying up the moment while at the same time selling out my future. I spent all my money on the present. I didn't save anything up for later on. That's natural living. But then when I got saved, and I didn't know what to do, and they're giving me all these rules and regulations because that's what denomination does, but they're giving me all these things, and you don't do this, and you don't do that, and you don't do this, and nobody was saying, listen to the voice of God, do, you know, and, and saying the things that are, come from a kingdom perspective. They were saying, these are the rules. If you obey those rules, then, then you don't go to religion jail. If you obey these rules, you won't have to go to the choir room. <laughs> That's what I was hearing from men within this church. I didn't know what this church was at the time. But then there's something inside of me that you know too. It's the voice of Holy Spirit. That the moment you receive Christ... Nobody in this room that has received Christ has been void the voice of the Holy Ghost. He has spoken and is speaking to every single person that has ever 
ever received Jesus Christ. Now those who have not received Jesus Christ, it's possible that you're not hearing him at all. It's possible that you might. Because what he does when we're outside of Christ, the only thing you're going to hear him say is, this is the time. That's all he's going to keep saying until you come into Christ. And then he says, now let's go on a walk. But I remember when I got saved and when that time came and I wanted to live differently. There was an immediate transformation that took place in my life. I wanted to look different. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what it was going to look like. But I knew this. Somehow, how how does a guy know this? That I can't keep doing what I've been doing and keep living or begin living. How did I know that? No one told me, create some space. That was never said to me. Create some space between where you're headed and where you've been. And yet somehow I was determining myself, you know what? I'm going to change some things. Some of what I'm seeking, some of what I'm pursuing, what I desire, I'm going to begin to change some things. I'm going to begin to intentionally, with intention, say that with me, with intention. If you don't have intention, get you some today. Intentionally, I'm going to begin to do some things that's going to create some space from those things that keep applying death. And I'm going to put some space in there and find that place where the life is. I can say this to you today. Many people who are still walking in death, when you should be living today, you're walking in death because you've created no space. You put no space between who you were and who you're supposed to be. You put no space between what used to be easy to gossip about and what today should be difficult, but you found your place there. What used to be easy to do, you didn't put any space there. And the Father says, you're not giving me anything to work with. I can't change your thinking. I can't force you. The Father says, I'm not going to force you because I want you to serve me of your own volition, of your own will. I'm not going to force you to put space here, but if you will, I'm telling you, I breathe life into you, not death. I've given you the opportunity to live, so if you're dying, you're dying because you're resisting the life that I'm breathing into you. I'm giving you answers But you're not receiving the answers from the Father. You're trying to receive the answers from everything else. So with that, I'm going to ask the question. Here's the question. From where do you receive your answers? When you have your challenges, where do you run to? In John chapter 6, turn with me there please to verse 35 in the English Standard Version Jesus said to those gathered I am the bread of life I am the bread of life and whoever comes to me is leaving something else you don't bring that stuff with you whoever comes to me will not hunger 
and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Now listen. I am not in any way trying to minimize the challenges that people go through. But in its simplest form, what I'm trying to do today is maximize what your opportunity is. I am not in any way trying to minimize the challenges. What I'm trying to do is maximize your opportunity to live. I'm not trying to say to you that there's no dying going on in here and that you're never going to experience dying. And I'm not talking about the lack of breathing. What I am trying to say to you today is when the Father breathed into your nostrils, He breathed that thing that causes you to be joined to Him. He breathed life. Why? Because death was never supposed to be a part of who we are. If it was supposed to be a part of who we are, do you know what he would have done? He said, I'm going to breathe 50% life and 50% death. And I'm going to draw on whichever one that is necessary at any given time so that you can have both. But his intention was not for there to be dying, but instead for there to be living. So if I'm dying, if I'm one of someone listening to my voice today, and I feel like there's a lot more dying than there is living, I'm going to tell you who has the answer. It's not Steve Parker. It's the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God has the answer to where you are today. The Spirit of the Lord has the answer to where you are today. But I'm going to tell you something. When He comes to you with the answer, when the Father comes and He says, this is my word to you and this is how you're going to live, don't argue with Him. But you don't know what my circumstances are. Don't argue with Him. With your voice, and don't argue with him by making the same mistakes, by continuing to do the same thing. You don't know what you're talking about, so I'm just going to keep on spending where I can't afford to spend. And death has come upon me because I'm so overwhelmed with debt. I don't know what it's like to breathe. And the father said, I gave you opportunity to live. You created your own coffin because you keep spending what you don't have. And then you keep expecting me to now get you out of that coffin. I'm not going to get you out, but what I am going to do is keep breathing life into you. And if you can lay hold of the life, you can work your way out of that. You can pop those nails out one at a time. I know that relationship you've got going on, and I see all of that, and that relationship, it is like death to you, and you just keep trying to tell it, woo, be alive, be alive, be alive, and the Father's saying, if that wasn't my plan, if that wasn't my purpose, don't ask me to give life to what I never breathed into. If I didn't breathe into it, He says, don't ask me to give life to it. Why kick against the goads? <laughs> the father says, I want you 
to live. That's what I say about the goads. Uh-oh. <laughs> he wants you to live. Right. And here's what I want you to hear. If you feel like in every way living is harder than just sleeping life away because every minute you're asleep, you're not thinking about the bill that's due or the husband or the wife that might be challenging you or the job that keeps escaping you or whatever it is. The longer I sleep, the less I have to deal with this and the less I have to deal with that. If you're there, I want to tell you today there's no condemnation, but there is life. There is opportunity for you, for me, for us today to say, Father, I need you. And I can tell you the first thing that we need to do to receive the revelation, the knowledge that we need to live is to ask questions. We honor him by saying, where have I missed it? And then when he enlightens you, don't turn your head and go, no, that ain't me. You got the wrong guy. That was the other dude down into the row. Look right at it. Look right at it and say, you know what? I am breaking this thing. I'm going to live. In fact, some of you, I, I, just, I just really, I really believe this is a word. Some of you that are sleeping, 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 trying to sleep away the death that you feel, I'm just going to release this to you today. You ready? You need to look at this thing and you need to say, I'm getting up early every day and I'm going to start living until your dying is not a part of who I am. I'm going to get up early and I'm going to apply myself in ways you don't expect me. I'm going to surprise you, death. Until I start living. In fact, I'm going to throw it out. I'm just feeling it. If your dying is overwhelming, get up early, 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 no matter what. Get up in the morning. Begin to declare over your day. I'm living today. I'm living today. How am I going to live? I'm going to live because he breathed life into my nostrils. I am living. I am living. But I can sleep in. I just want to. I'm living today. I'm getting up. I'm approaching my day like I own it. I'm moving into this day like it belongs to me. Like this isn't anybody else's day. This is Steve Parker's day. Tomorrow morning when I get up, Monday is Steve Parker Day. Monday is my day. I'm living in Monday, and then I'm going to get up Tuesday. I'm living in Tuesday, but it's my day off Wednesday. But I'm living in Wednesday, and I'm going to own it, and I'm going to begin to change that death and give him opportunity to make it life again. Do you hear me in this house today? So why does he want me to live? Because in my living, I demonstrate that he is bigger than anything that can try to lay its grimy little fingers on me. He is bigger than, and every moment that you live, you say to what's dying, you have no authority over me. Every second you choose to live and to speak and to declare, I choose to live, I choose to live. Every time you feel like grumbling about something, say these words, I choose to live. Every time you feel like lifting your voice up against something that creates more death, because every time we scowl against something, we're just giving death life. Get your life back. I choose to live. 
I choose to live because he chose me to live. I choose to live because he said, Steve Parker, flesh and bones, live. I just gave you life. And then I want to believe that somehow I jumped up and said, I'm living. I accept. (laughs) I accept. Choose to live. Stand with me if you would. So if you're in this room, you feel like you've been dying, you want to live today, you know what? I can't lead you into living. All I can do is say to you today, I can, I can pray with you. I can lift my voice with you. I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm going to strike hands with you. You've been dying. You're ready to live. I want you to come. Repent. I'm going to strike hands with you. Repent for your dying and give thanks for your living. I want you to get out from where you are. Come right now and come. I want to strike hands with every one of you. <laughs>